0: Pastor Ed Taylor urging us to be faithful to God even when the pressure is on. So you're thinking, well, Ed, it's impossible to live a life like that. This is a tough world. And the pressure today is even more unbearable than the pressure that Daniel faced. The stress is overwhelming and people are watching and people are looking. But don't be bummed out by that. As you abide in Christ, they'll see something different. They, they will see a life that reflects another world. They'll see what it looks like to be faithful. They'll see what it looks like to be full of faith.
1: This is amazing grace. This is failure. It's time once again for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Let's head over to Daniel chapter six for an inspirational time in the word. Daniel was a faithful man above reproach, but there came a time when an unfair law was instituted, basically making it illegal for him to pray and worship God. If he did, he'd be thrown to the
0: lions. Well, as we're about to see, those threats didn't deter him. Take your Bibles, open them to the book of Daniel chapter six. As we finish the chapter today, I entitled our Bible study, Threats Only Make Me Worship More. And chapter six is known usually as that chapter of Daniel in the lion's den. And we do find Daniel in the lion's den in our chapter before us. But what we find greater than that is a man who is willing to live a right life in a wrong world. And in the new government that's, being, that's been set up, the new world leadership, God's hand is strong upon Daniel. And you can expect that in your own life. No matter the changes that are happening at work, no matter who your new landlord is, no matter what the shifting and changings of your life might be, you can experience much change and the hand of the God is in it and upon you. And with Daniel, there was something noticeably different about him noticeably different in his life. We could say that his faith in God changed him and marked him. As it says in Proverbs chapter 20, you can jot it down in verse 6, many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one is truly reliable? It's from the New Living Translation. The New King James says this, most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Well, with Daniel we find a faithful man. And it's true that God blesses the man and blesses the woman who decides to follow him with all their heart, who makes a conscious decision over and over again to obey God, regardless of the cost, regardless of the consequence. So many times a person will choose sin and not for a moment think about the consequence. And at the same time, a person will choose not to obey God and have no thought about the consequence or... Even more so, they'll choose to disobey God and disregard the consequence or pretend there won't be one. Like in my case, like, like you, you might even find, well, that, you know, that doesn't apply to me. That, that, that scripture, that truth, that warning, well, that might apply to you, and I see it really affected you, but it doesn't really apply to me. And for a while... A behavior isn't, you know, because God, the Bible says, doesn't judge immediately. A man will set his heart fully on to to continue to sin, fully on destruction. But the lack of immediate consequence is not God's approval in our lives. It's God's patience and his mercy and his grace. It's the love of God that leads a person to repentance. It's the love of God that brings about change in a person's life. And so there's a change and a marked change in Daniel. And God will bless the man and woman who decides to follow him with all of his heart. Not necessarily like, well, I don't know what it means to follow him. No, it's not like I have to know everything about everything. It's like, no, what I know now, God, you have me. I'm committed to you in the moment. Daniel was a follower, but not a follower of man. He was a follower of the one true God. Notice in verse 3, just by way of review of chapter 6. In verse 3, Daniel says, Soon proved himself more capable. He had great ability. It says, because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. He had an excellent spirit in him that was shown through his great ability. And by this time, we learned he was about 90 years old. No time to shut down 90 years old. Continuing on until we meet Jesus face to face. And what a glorious testimony that God using every generation. Then notice in verse 4, It was when he was seen to be more capable and great ability that the other administrators and the high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling his government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy— so they concluded our only chance to find of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. Now, and this is quite a scary endeavor. It was because of his great ability. It was because of his faithfulness. It was because of that excellent spirit in him. It was because of his commitment, his lack of compromise, because he was a man above reproach. You could say that Daniel did what he could. Like to his ability, he did all that he could to be obedient, to be the man that God wanted him to be. And what did that draw from those around him? They decided to take him down. And you have to expect that to happen in your life. Because instead, we, we have in our minds this sense, if I do good, then good will automatically come. And if I do bad, then bad will automatically come. But haven't we learned that good things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? Bad things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. And here's Daniel, he is described And and I don't know that this description would describe any of us, perhaps. But I look at it. It says he was faithful. And I say, well, I mean, I could be known as faithful. But then notice the rest. He was always responsible. That's a big word, always. He was always responsible. I know that that phrase cannot, cannot describe me. I have not been always responsible, even as a believer, But for the the testimony of God for Daniel in Scripture, he was always responsible and completely trustworthy. Have you ever let anyone down? Completely. That's a big word. Completely. And so if there was anyone to experience good, good, good because of a faithful life, it would be Daniel. And yet these guys, most likely based out of jealousy and being upset with the favor of God upon Daniel's life, we're looking to find something wrong with him. And they come up empty. You know, as we described it, it would probably be something like today. So they would hire a private investigator to follow you, dig through your trash, uh, find out your Comcast and your you know, Quest or your CenturyLink bill and find out how much, what you've been surfing and what your IP address is and all of that stuff. Just a searching through your life all of your bank records and everything about you, and they came up empty. And they came up empty in Daniel's life because there was nothing to find. And that should be the goal in our lives, that there's nothing to find, that our life is an open book. Remember, we learned that a being above reproach is to not hold on to any known sin in our life, that let the people search. And and we know right away that there's not, no one's going to find perfection in our life. But at the same time, they're not also going to find any hidden sin in our lives. That they can search away and they can find, you know, where we're going to look. And for him, it was his work life. It wasn't his church life, if you want to look at it in our context, It wasn't like searching out his church life. They were looking at his work life, his life in the world, his governmental affairs. They wanted to take him down. Surely there's got to be something. And they couldn't find anything because he lived, as we learn in 1 Timothy 3, life above reproach. And today it's important that we choose to make regular obedient decisions. Obedience begets more obedience. Disobedience begets or gives birth to more disobedience. Compromise will always lead to more compromise, not less. Evil company always corrupts good habits. So choosing the right path daily Because there will be times when we're misrepresented. There will be times when we're slandered, when we really did nothing wrong. And that really is, that's the case. When someone's gossiping about you, it should be gossip. When somebody's slandering you, it should be slander. When somebody's misrepresenting you, it should truly be misrepresentation. Painful nonetheless, but not true. And you can stand with a clean conscience. You know, as Paul said, he said, I don't even judge myself. Uh, my, My conscience is clear before God. He's my judge. I don't even seek to justify or judge myself. So you're thinking, well, Ed, it's impossible to live a life like that. This is a tough world. And the pressure today is even more unbearable than the pressure that Daniel faced. The stress is overwhelming. And people are watching and people are looking. But don't be bummed out by that. As you abide in Christ, they'll see something different. They, they will see a life that reflects another world. I'll see a life of faith. They'll see what it looks like to be faithful. They'll see what it looks like to be full of faith. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, I told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Trials and tribulations await, but take a, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Turn over to 1 Corinthians. Hold your place in Daniel. Would you turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10? 1 Corinthians is going to be to the right, chapter 10. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we gain insight here from the lips of Paul, from the pen of Paul, really, to the church in Corinth. And we have the Spirit of God that's living inside of us, empowering us, giving us both the, the will to do and also the desires to accomplish God's will in our lives. Notice with me in verse 13. Well, verse 12, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptation in your life are no different than what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. But when you are tempted, He'll show you a way out so that you can endure. In this difficult world, in this pressure-packed, stress-filled, temptation-laden world we live in, there's always a way out or you may have memorized it, there's always a way of escape. There's always a way out. Most of the time when temptation comes knocking, the way out is simply this word, no. No, I won't go there. No, I won't say that. No, I won't retaliate. No, I won't write that email. No, I won't write that letter, no. And instead, no followed up with prayer. And just taking your cares and your concerns to the Lord. And he's faithful to meet you there. You're right. People are watching us, some more closely than others. But I want you to consider that they're not just watching us like Daniel's friends here. Many are watching us because they're curious if Christianity is really true. They're curious in their life if yet one more person that says they're a Christian is, are, are they legit or are they like all the rest? And you know that there's been a lot of observations when you hear things like, well, I'm not interested in church. It's just filled with hypocrites. Can't you consider that that person probably met a few hypocrites along the way? People that claim the name of Jesus Christ but lived very similar to to his behavior. And you'd measure up, you know, if you're a Christian and you can live that way, I can live that way and never go to church. I can live that way and never read the Bible. I can live that way and engage in all kinds of things that that I wouldn't have to restrict myself because you say you're a Christian, but you live no different than me. I just believe there's a lot of people more than anything. I would even suggest, I don't know this for a fact, but I would suggest this. The more critical, the, the more resistant are the ones that are the closest. The ones that are putting up a fight. And just really wanting to see a Christian in the fires of adversity. And wants to see how we respond. The opportunity to engage in the same sinful activity that the coworker, worker the person you're sitting, and you choose not to. You know, your coworker's bragging about, oh, I don't ever pay my taxes. And your testimony is, I pay my taxes even when it hurts. And it hurts. But that's my commitment and just living that life like Daniel. It's encouraging to me. It's not discouraging because troubles are going to come. Notice now in verse 6, it says, So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so that it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. We learned last time this was all deceitful. They're not being honest. Not everyone's in agreement with this. Daniel's not here. They're setting him up and they're using the governmental system to do that. Because the law, like the Babylonian kingdom, the king could change the law without anybody's input. He could make a decision in the morning and change it at night. The Medes and the Persians, their laws couldn't, once they were in writing, they couldn't be revoked. And Darius is in a place of weakness here, being taken advantage of by the people that he trusts. That's another Bible study altogether, but that's a painful thing to be taken advantage of by people you trust. Notice verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in the upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. And the officials went together to Daniel's house and they found him praying, asking for God's help. So here's Daniel's response. He hears about this unfair law he hears how it's it's only designed to affect him and the first thing he does well let's look at first thing he doesn't do we don't have any hint of panic or undue worry or pressure we have no expression of concern we have no compromise i mean if you look at some of the pressure packed places that you've been and the temptations to compromise it would help you to understand where Daniel is. Because Daniel's life is on the line here. His life is on the line for one reason. His worship of God. It's not because he's a bad employee. It's not because he's an embezzler. It's not because he's a thief. It's not because he's a clock watcher or none of those things. His life is on the line literally because of his worship of God. And so he hears that a law has been made for 30 days. That anyone worshiping anyone but the king is is going to die. And wouldn't you think that the temptation would come? Hmm, 30 days. I think God would still forgive me. He's a God of grace if I didn't pray for 30 days. Or I didn't pray openly. But I just prayed silently in my heart, in my mind. And that way I can save my life. And at the same time, I can save my life and I can make it for 30 and I can wait for the 31st day to get back to my public worship. I can just take my public worship and make it private. But that's not what he does. He doesn't choose that route. Certainly someone somewhere listening to me has been in a place where as you processed everything, you chose to stay silent for the things of God because you thought silence would get you farther than just being faithful to speak up. That's where Daniel is. Except for Daniel, his life is on the line. What would you have done? Would you have shut down? Would you have hidden? I've thought of it myself. And I would think that I probably would have considered it. I have a logical mind. And I think logic would immediately kick in. And if I'm not careful, my logic can crowd out my faithfulness and my faith in God because you know as well as I do, you've certainly met a few. If there's one thing that Christians are really good at, it's justifying sin. There's always a good reason for a bad decision in people's lives. And and if you don't know that yet, just hang around for a while. Because it's our flesh. Our flesh loves to justify our sinful behavior. It loves, even those of you that are more black and white have a bent toward justifying. Part of it is just because the weight of conviction can be heavy. The weight of conviction, because we compromise more times than we admit. And Daniel could have been tempted. Just pray day 31 and you outsmart them. (laughs) Ha 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 but that's not what he did. I love these phrases. When Daniel learned, listen, verse 10, when he learned that the law, he went home, he knelt down, and I love this phrase, and we're reading from the New Living Translation. I love this phrase. He went home, knelt down as usual. He changed nothing. The laws changed. He didn't change. He stayed. I would say this is even a greater decision than any other time, but this was his pattern. What did Daniel usually do? He went home, And he knelt down as usual. And he went into his upstairs room. And what did he do? Closed the windows, pulled the blinds, prayed silently. No way. As usual, he opened his windows toward Jerusalem and he prayed three times a day, just as he always had done, giving thanks to his God. Just, Just that verse is encouraging to me. Daniel faced with such great, temptation Daniel faced with with his life on the line went home and did what he usually did and he sought God with his windows open as usual as he has always done that was his life that was his custom the others couldn't find anything bad in his business life in his governmental work life they had to find and this is so wicked They couldn't find anything really bad in his life. So this is what they did. They took the good of his life and made it bad. They took the good of his life and redefined it as bad. And doesn't the Bible warn us, woe to those who call evil good and good evil.
1: Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. He's been in Daniel chapter 6 today, recalling a familiar Old Testament story that has great relevance this very day. Pastor Ed, you've just recalled a time when the government threatened Daniel that if he continued to pray and worship God, he'd face severe consequences. Does that remind you of anything that's occurred in recent months in our own day and age?
0: Well, you know, Larry, these Bible studies are on the radio now, they weren't delivered during COVID, at least not these early studies in Daniel, um, but these studies that are being aired on Abounding Grace now is still in the midst of COVID, still in the midst of government overreach, uh, at least in our country where the Constitution provides the the free exercise of our religious uh, commitment to God. And the government overreach has been unbelievably broad, and bad, and specifically in many cases around the country, churches have been singled out. However, we need to remember that God is greater than the government, and that he can change the heart of a king like the rivers of water. And no matter what comes our way, we need to fight the good fight. Not just any fight will do. Believers are called to fight the good fight of faith, You know, at at Calvary Church right now, Larry, we're studying through, we slowed down significantly studying through Hebrews chapter 11, and I believe it was the timing of God because we are learning week after week by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, and that's really what God's drawing out on us. Pastor Chuck Smith taught us many times, I know he got this from someone else, but he's the one I quoted from, where he says, uh, only one life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. And we can waste our times and spin our wheels on things that don't matter eternally. But may God help us to live lives that make a difference eternally, that, that we would keep our eyes on the prize, the fighting the good fight of faith, which is so important. And may the Lord help us and strengthen us and fill us afresh with his Holy Spirit, as we grow in His grace and our understanding of His great love for us. God bless you guys. Thanks for sharing that, Pastor Ed. And we
1: also have a book we'd like to get into your hands that can help you live by God's abounding grace. It was written by Max Lucado, entitled In the Grip of Grace. Maybe you had a dad like I did that would love to toss you in the air and catch you. We knew dad would always catch us with his loving hands. Well, in the grip of grace, you'll be reminded that our Heavenly Father always caught us and still does. Maybe it's time for you to jump off the cliff of self-sufficiency or leap out of legalism and land right into the strong arms of a God that loves you. Allow Max Lucado to encourage you in that direction as you read in the grip of grace. Request a copy when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. We're here to serve you at 877-30-GRACE. Again, that's 877-30-GRACE. And thank you for helping us get the word out on stations like this one. We're constantly hearing of people that are being blessed and encouraged as they study along with us. You're a big part of that, as we certainly can't do this alone. You can make a donation online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. All right, we'll put a bookmark where we left off today in Daniel. Join us next time for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor as there is so much more to come. This is amazing grace.